To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Owners Podcast. Your Opinionated Bench Owners are back to share your love of sports, your favorite podcast. I got my brother and co-host Ramon with me, and the voice you're hearing right now is Rob, and we're back to discuss the hot topics in sports. We want to first off starting off by saying thank you for all our loyal listeners for hanging in there. I know it's been a few weeks since we've last recorded. We appreciate all the support, the love that we've been giving, even the people that tell me in person that they enjoy listening to us we appreciate you keep hanging with us make sure that you have subscribed to opinionated bench warmers on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and stitcher or any platform that you like to listen to your podcast um just stay locked in we got some good things coming up this, later this year so you m- want to make sure that you stay locked in with us ramon how you feeling man how you how i feel to be back man it feels good bro like you said you know we've had a little bit of a break here i uh, had a little bit of an opportunity to regroup with everything that we have going on. But like you said, we appreciate our listeners, our loyal uh, fans and supporters that are out there uh, that's still holding it down for us. We definitely got some things that's going to be coming your way. So be on the outlook, some definitely um, exciting things on the horizon. Uh, But definitely we appreciate the support, man. I'm ready to kind of get it kicked off, bro. You know, it's been a little while, so I don't want to hold us up any much, you know, any longer, anything like that. So let's get it, bro. Yeah, we got a lot to get into, man. We're a month into football season. We got a big fight coming this weekend with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Uh, we got the WNBA playoffs going on as well. We probably won't touch on that too much, or will we? We might. If we have time, we will. We definitely <laughs> will. The baseball playoffs going on. We got vaccination foolishness going on in the NBA. The NBA season's right around the corner. Uh, fantasy football has kicked off. You know your, whether your team is trash or good by now, at least, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but the verdict's still out. But, of course, man, we got to start off with the biggest story of the day, I think, was uh, was topped. I mean, I think that the Jalen Smith was was the was the big story then. Uh, I think the Patriots topped that off with the Stephon Gilmore. They reported that they were going to release him. Then a couple hours later, it was reported that he was traded for a six-round pick to the already loaded Carolina Panthers, uh, the Panthers are not messing around. What was your first thoughts on that trade, Ramon? Uh, like you said, man, it's a, it a big move, a big deal. Obviously, from the Patriots standpoint, they were looking to kind of free up some money, free up some cap that allowed them to, of course, make the subsequent official move of Jamie Collins coming back to New England. Uh, so they looked at it from that regard. I know that Stephon Gilmore is supposed to be, I think, in the final year of his contract. So obviously they didn't have any plans or any vision 
of giving him a new contract coming this offseason. So you may as well offload him. I thought the the value as far as getting a six round pick that you probably could get more for a guy like Stephon Gilmore, mm-hmm. but maybe, you know, I'm wrong. I know that he does kind of have the injury situation that he's been dealing with. And so I know he'll be coming back soon, but looking at it from the Carolina Panthers standpoint of it, of course, them having JC Horn being out for, uh, for the foreseeable future, you know, not, they haven't given the exact date of what his return may be but him dealing with that ankle situation you do need some help in that secondary we know that Stefan Gilmore when he was rolling was arguably probably the best corner in the league no worse than top three corner in the league when you think of guys like him and you throw a Jalen Ramsey up there and you throw a probably a Jair Alexander up there as some of your top guys that are in the league so Carolina, man, they are they are loaded. You know, their defense has looked good throughout the first month of the season. That offense, of course, has come along as well, especially with uh with uh Joe Brady leading that offense and also too with Sam Donald and the way he's played. So I think that honestly, this can put Carolina in that sneaky contention place. Am I ready to say they're 100 percent there where I could see them get into the Super Bowl. I'm not ready to proclaim that at this point, but this puts them closer to that upper echelon over there in the NFC. Yeah, I think I uh, I don't like it because it's in my Saints division, but uh, I think if you're a Panthers fan, you got to love it. You get another lockdown corner. J.C. Horn, like you mentioned, showed very a lot of promise, even though he's hurt, but they're expecting him back at some point this season. And then you add a guy like C.J. Henderson. So like you mentioned, I'm not going to mimic your sentiments there. Uh, the only thing I will say about this deal is, you know, Stefan is, you know, 32. He, so he's an aging corner uh, and he is coming off injury. So maybe that's the reason why the the price was that low. But we all know that once he's healthy, that he's, like you say, one of the best in the business. Um, I, I think the Panthers are for real, man. They're making a lot of moves. Um, that are, are, are consequent moves, but they're making a lot of moves to to say, hey, look, we're not trying to just contend. We're trying to win now. Uh, you, you look at Sam Donald and the way he's been playing this season, he's been nothing short of remarkable. Maybe Joe Brady is the quarterback whisperer. He's able yeah. to get Joe Burrow out of, the, out of the woodworks, and now he's doing the same with Sam Donald, who the Jets lost faith in, and they subsequently uh, drafted Zach Wilson, and we see how that's going right now. So, I mean, you know, hey, the Panthers are looking very scary. They get CMC back. Um, they have the weapons on the outside. You know, if they can get Robbie Anderson involved, I don't, I'm not true. I'm not truly understanding how they, him and Sam can't connect, but it just seems like Sam just so stuck on DJ Moore. Yeah. So, from a fantasy perspective, and I got DJ Moore, I'm okay with that, which I do have DJ Moore in the league. But, Same. you know, like Robbie, you know, like he acts like Robbie Anderson is just not existing on that team no no I agree with you and Robbie Anderson should be like the perfect deep threat for them like I feel like Robbie Anderson what he provides and also what DJ Moore provides can complement each other so I feel like you know every now and then of course airing it out to Robbie Anderson that just even makes life easier for DJ Moore but like you said from a fantasy football standpoint I'm not complaining because it seems like every time that he looks upfield is DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore. Oh, uh, I think the the most interesting thing is like when you actually have a chance to sit there and watch the game and you really see how much he targets DJ Moore, 
it can it really blows your mind. It's like crazy <laughs> to see, but I'm all for it. Sam, keep throwing the DJ more. I do have Robbie Anderson in another league, but he's permanently sitting on the bench. Right now. <laughs> hey man, look, it, it's funny with Sam Donald because I was I like Jameson Crowder. As you know, you share a couple of leagues. If you're in the league with me, I have a share of Jameson. Man, when Jameson stayed healthy, literally, that's all Sam. Who that's all Sam would throw. Like I, when Sam get injured, Jameson was like fantasy irrelevant. Yeah. But when Sam was was healthy, all he threw it, and I feel like he's carrying that same trend in the Carolina. He just loved him from DJ Moore. DJ Moore is going to see ten targets a game, at least. That's the minimum. Yeah. That's the minimum. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just kind of shift. We kind of did some fantasy blend and and outlook of the Panthers team blend. I think the Saints, of course, they they beat the crap out of my Saints. But you know, and I was like, okay, maybe maybe this team. Not not granted to get some context. We were missing seven coaches due to COVID, and you know, of course, we're missing MT. Everybody knows that Trey Corn Smith. But on top of that, we was missing an offensive lineman. We was missing uh Davenport. We was missing CJ Chauncey Gardner. And we missed Marshawn that game. So, I mean, it was pretty much all in all. But when you look at what Carolina, when you're like, okay, Carolina, maybe for real. Then they faced this Cowboys team, and this Cowboys team just blew them out. So, from a perspective, are you thinking that the Panthers are a true contender? We'll get to the Cowboys in just a second because I know we got a lot of Cowboys fans listeners. Uh, But do you think the Panthers are contenders or do you think they're pretenders? Um, if I, if I had to, if you're making me choose definitely one or the other, I'm going to say pretenders. Uh, I don't think that they're in that upper echelon just yet. I think that they're in that second tier. Um, when you look at, you have your, your true ones that you think, okay, this team could potentially win a Super Bowl. I can see this team getting out of the conference. I can't say that for Carolina just yet but they're in that next level. So if I'm choosing contender or pretender, I have to say pretender, but I don't want that to be thought of as if I think that this team isn't a good team. They're a very good team. I just, at this point, can't see them getting off the NFC just yet. What? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, Tampa Bay is standing in the way of everybody. Oh, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think ultimately like you, that's a tough division. I mean, you got the saints there. Uh, we, we, I, I know we're up and down, uh, which I kind of expected this year. And we're trying to figure out our identity after drew. And then you have a Tampa Bay team who is freaking loaded. I was so glad when, when I saw Stefan Gilmore ended up in, in Carolina, as opposed to Tampa Bay, because yeah. that's where I thought he was going to end up or the yeah. chiefs. So, um, I mean, you, you just gotta, you know, you look at, but I think the league, the NFC is going through Tampa. And you know that that's that's the mark. So when you compare Carolina to to Tampa, I'm interested to see that matchup when 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 that, whenever they play because that'll kind of tell you a measuring stick wise where they are. I also I'm gonna surprise you with this one. I think that them playing the Cowboys is a measuring stick for where they are because I feel like those Dallas football Cowboys are a very very good team. I don't think that they're that's not that's not fool's gold there. So. When you look at how Dallas, how they completed with Dallas, I would think that, you know, hey, they do have a little ways to go. But I do feel like they are – I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. So if they were able to squeak in as a wild card team, that's a wild card match I, I'm not I'm not trying to see. Because they're, they're tough on defense. 
and uh, they have a good they have good quarterback play. They have good play calling down there. They have talented weapons in, in DJ Moore. When they finally get Robbie Anderson uh, going, and then, of course, you got that engine called uh, Run CMC yeah. out there as well. You can't forget about him. So, I mean, they're a very good team, very talented team. But I like you said, I, I think that there's uh, more to be desired before I can say that they are true contenders. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. So when you when you think about it and you talk about Carolina, where they're a contender or a pretender, so far within the course of the season, I would be interested to get your outlook on maybe even both sides. But who do you really see in that contender category when we talk about these, you know, teams? You know, you could either do it as a whole or you could say, okay, these are my NFC contenders and these are my AFC contenders. You know, what what teams, I guess, come to mind? Oh, you're um, killing the transition. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Rams, of course. I, the Rams are on the upper echelon of, of that elite talent. Um, of course, you got to say uh, the Chiefs. I mean, the Buccaneers, as I forementioned, uh, those are I think that's the cream of the crop when you're looking at the NFL right now. And the Bills, of course, the Bills. I can't forget about the Bills. And I mean, I think when you look at the scope of the league, I feel like those are the top notch level teams right there. The, the Bucks, the Bills. Who I said the Bucks, the Bills. Um, you said the Bucks, the Bills. You had the Rams. Chiefs in there. And the Rams. Rams. Yeah. So, so, that- so, so let me ask you this, though. You, you kind of left out a team with a big time MVP candidate right now in Kyler Murray and Arizona. Oh, Green Arizona. Bay is one yeah. we can get to as yeah. well. But yeah. Arizona has been, you know, they're, they're the lone undefeated team in the league. They just faced that Rams team, you know, recently or whatever. Uh, that was undefeated at the time. That was an undefeated matchup. And they kind of handed it to the Rams in that matchup. You're looking at a 37 to 20 game. Kyler Murray's been playing at an MVP level. You know, the weapons that he has over there right now in D Hop. You're seeing the resurgence of AJ Green. You know, all right, still, all right, yeah. all right. I, I get you trying to sell me, man. All right. I, I need all the I need all the Arizona Cardinals fans to pipe down right quick. Okay, okay, okay. The Titans who have been looking kind of suspect all season so far. You played the Vikings, who is not a very good football team. You played the only legitimate team. You played the Jaguars. We're gonna get to Urban Meyer and the Jaguars in a moment. We know how bad they are. And then you come, the first legitimate win you might was Los's Rams. And I'm I'm gonna say, don't forgive me if I'm not convinced, Ramon. That that undefeated record is kind of kind of uh So you think it's fool's goal? Yeah, I think it's kind of fool's goal. You think it's fool's goal? Yeah, I think I think it's fool's goal, man. I can't I can't go off of, off of that. I mean, you beat the Rams, okay. You know, like that's, this that's is what I will say, man. Only this, legitimate win so far this. This is what I will say though. Kyler Murray is special. He is, and part of why we, you know, I'm not trying to say this. I'm not trying to say he's quite Patrick Mahomes yet, but he's getting closer to that type of level. And the thing, the reason why we always have the Chiefs as a perennial contender is because of how much we believe in Patrick Mahomes. And some of the weapons that he has surrounding him, which really are two primary weapons. When we think about the Chiefs, you think about Travis Kelsey, you think about Tyreek Hill. You know, now they're going to have Josh Gordon, so that's going to be another weapon. Clyde has been here and there, you know, somewhat inconsistent. You know, he's looking better now. But the real reason why we always really believe in the Chiefs is because of Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Now, I'm saying that to say 
Kyler Murray is creeping into that upper echelon. Like he he is. he is there. I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best in the league. But then when I think about your Josh Allen's and your Lamar Jackson's and all of that, Kyler Murray is with that group. Oh yeah. And is. so when you look at weapons that he has, like I said, having D Hop if D Hop can get fully healthy again, AJ Green kind of having that resurgence. You're looking at the fact that Christian Kirk has been solid, except for this, you know, lad, this recent week or this recent game that he had. Rondell Moore is a weapon over there. You're seeing that that offense. I don't know why the, the coach is Kingsbury or whatever. You're seeing his true offense come to fruition right now. And the defense hasn't been bad. Like it's been solid enough. So so you're I, I, yeah. you know, you're convinced. So yeah. you know. Kyler so, convinces. So, me. so if if Minnesota if Minnesota Vikings are going to week two, if their kicker wasn't trash and didn't miss that field goal, that that go ahead field goal, and their record is three and one, you still feel the same losing to the Vikings? Um, not exactly the In same. Game, but, and but, Kyler Murray but, threw two picks. But what I will say is the follow up of playing the Rams, like. We talk about the Rams. No, we both know Jaguars that next. the Rams are a legit contender. Like, we know that the Rams are legit. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams came out the NFC. And right. on that field, when they played, Arizona won convincingly. Man, I hate that you put me in this position because now all the fans in Arizona, gonna, all the listeners in Arizona are going to think that I hate the Cardinals. But would you agree, if you watched that game, Matthew Stafford did not look his best. He was missing throws. He was missing reads. He didn't look too comfortable in that pocket. You know, like, I mean, I, for yeah. what? I don't know, man. I don't no, know. I mean, I, I, could, I could. A case could be made if the Rams lost that game as opposed to the Cardinals winning that game. Yeah, but I mean, still, when you look at it, you look at Kyler having kind of one of his typical games, you know, him, that that completion percentage uh, being up there near 80%-esque. Mm-hmm. You're looking at 260-plus yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks. You're looking at him still rushing for about 40 yards. So you're looking at a game of him having over 300 yards total. You finally saw Edmonds come to life in that backfield. I mean, if he's giving you that and James Conner is rushing yeah. for two touchdowns. Like, that offense is legit. It's going to be what yeah, the so defense legit. They have a bunch of – you didn't even mention Christian Kirk. Yeah, well, so, I, I said him earlier, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, you you correct. They 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 got a weapon. They offense is they, – they got a juggernaut. Just like – looks like the Chiefs got a juggernaut on offense. They got a juggernaut. I'm still not convinced, man. I got to – I don't know, man. I got to give I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. I got to see how they perform against the Browns. Because mm-hmm. they, I feel like they're gonna beat. I feel like they're gonna beat the Forty Niners. Because I feel like Trey Lance is gonna start um, this week. But yeah, I mean that that is a team. Not to spend too much time there, but yeah. there is a team. That, of course, they are. You know, you can't argue with being undefeated. Uh, even though I do feel like it was, it's a, it's a weird undefeated. When you break it down, you're like, this could be a two and two team here. Man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I quite give you that. Your but, case wouldn't be so strong if they, if the Minnesota kicker wouldn't have missed that. Who was that? Missed that field goal? I mean, but then the thing about it, we could say Tampa could be two and two if, if in week one, a Cowboys kicker wasn't missing field goals. You know, it's you know. With that being said, I mean, what you think about the Cowboys? What category are they contender or pretender? Oh, we're gonna get there. Yeah. Okay. We, okay. We, no, we can transition there though. That's a good transition. Killing the transition. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I try. I kind of spilled the beans earlier. I feel like the Cowboys are for real this year, man. I feel like they're for real, and and it's for the reason that you mentioned about Kyler, man. Dak is looking sharp. Dak is looking really sharp. You know, uh, you hate him. You hate to see a man get injured, but it seems like it, it really made him better just to take a step away from the game. And it, you could tell he's been working. He's, his accuracy is is getting better. Uh, Zeke, I mean, I was I was critical of Zeke in the beginning of the season, but it's like he's getting stronger and stronger by the week, um, and, and shaking off that rust. Uh, just, I mean, they got all the weapons around. CD Lamb, they got Amari Cooper, who's a technician on on running his routes. They got Cedric Wilson, who's who's a uh, who's an afterthought. And then they're gonna get uh, who's that guy? I forgot his name. Uh, My Gallup. Gallup. Gallup, Gallup will back. be coming back soon. So, yeah, I like him a lot. Dalton Schultz, I like him. I like I like the Cowboys. Then on then we're not even talking about defense and the job Dan Quinn has done and just you know formulating this defense. They actually look like a defense. Trayvon Diggs is as good as advertised. Uh, six interceptions in four games. I mean, something like that. Something crazy yeah. like that. I six think it might, four, it's like, it might be five. It's, five, it's five, five or six. Yeah. Five I knew six. it was something crazy yeah. like that. And I mean, the way Michael Parsons has been playing, like he's what? instantly coming You see coming how you can play D in and linebacker? <laughs> he, it's he, crazy. Man. Yeah, he, he's been coming in there and doing his thing. And like you were saying about Dak, I honestly feel that this is the best I've seen Dak. And I say it from this regard. A lot of times people look at the stat sheet and Dak has always put up good and impressive numbers. But we know this from just a fantasy football standpoint of a lot of those were coming in garbage time. And, you know, from fantasy football, right, you love when right. your players get them garbage time points. But a lot of that would come in that moment. But now Dak is actually controlling things throughout the course of the game. It's not that, okay, we down by two scores. Now I just got to throw, throw, throw. You right. see he has complete control out there. To me, this is the best version of Dak Prescott that I've seen. I agree. And then, like, in typical Cowboy fashion, they get rid of Jalen <laughs> Jalen Smith, yeah, one of their yeah. best linebackers. You have Michael Poison and Jalen Smith back there, so I'm interested to see how they would look after this trade. I mean, after letting uh, – releasing Jalen Smith, which yeah. was some big news until Stephon Gilmore. It's weird, but they did it. Uh, apparently, like you mentioned earlier – like uh, the in New England feel like they had to make a cap space move. Dallas feel like they had to make a cap space move because of his contract and the money that he was due. So I'm, I'm, you know, they must they must have some faith in Jabril Cox, former LSU Tiger, and and Leighton Vander Esch, who I think is a good linebacker. And then they, of course, they still got Parsons. So maybe they feel like uh, Jalen was exp- was expendable there. Yeah. No. No. I, I agree with you there with everything that you said. It was kind of a shocker, especially a guy like. This is a guy that was just leading their huddle this past week. Like, he is a vocal leader on the team as well. So, that's kind of a tough blow, especially a team that's been flowing in the way that they've been flowing. Like, you almost kind of don't want to mess that up in a sense uh, because we know that things could still go off the rails for the Cowboys. Uh, Oh, yeah, in typical Cowboys fashion. Right, in typical Cowboys fashion. So, it's like, you know, it was kind of a shocker, but I guess they felt that they had to do it for kind of the reasons that you've already mentioned. So, yeah, so we got four weeks of football in. We kind of covered a lot. We already went over the two teams that have impressed us so far this season and the Cowboys and the Cardinals. But let's look on the flip side. What are two teams that you expected a lot out of that is kind of disappointing you right now? Um, uh, I guess leading off, one that I will say, uh, and it was from this regard. I'll just go ahead and say it. The New England Patriots have disappointed me. Oh, yeah, you had high and, expectations for them? So I had better 
I had higher expectations than what's going on right now. I didn't think that necessarily, okay, I'm about to say that the New England Patriots are a Super Bowl contender, but everything that was being said before was that, okay, they, the year before with, the, with COVID and everything, they had all of these different players that opted out. It was okay. We weren't totally sure about Cam Newton. We feel that maybe Mac Jones can come in and do, you know, a certain or a better job. And it was, you know, we've always heard for years the whole Belichick versus Brady thing and that Belichick would be able to get it done outside of having Brady. But you see, once again, following up with how everything went last year, now they're off to a one and three start in which I think their only win is come against the Jets which that pretty much might be an 0-4 start because, like, we don't even count the Jets uh, really. <laughs> hey, when they got their first win this past year. <laughs> yeah. In overtime. Right, right. But so um, so I would say that they have been disappointing to me. And the other team that's been disappointing, and I guess this one, I won't say this one, that might steal your thunder. I'm going to go ahead and say my Colts. I'm disappointed in my Colts starting off at 1-3. and three. Um, I looked at us as a team that coming into the season, I didn't realistically look at us as a Super Bowl contender. I looked at us as kind of when I was talking about Carolina, that team that's kind of on that second tier that if everything just kind of falls right, maybe, you know, something can happen. And so to start off, of course, the season 0-3, finally get your first win against the Dolphins, who, of course, are hampered without Tua being there right now. So nothing has really been proven. All you did was kind of stick close to, you know, your, your your best thing may have been sticking close to the Rams, but that's not really in the grand scheme of things too impressive. You look at the fact that, of course, Carson Wentz still battling his injury situations. You don't know how many games you're going to have him. Quentin Nelson going on IR. Things just haven't really panned out as they should. And one thing that to me I can attribute to it as well is that we hear so much, and I believed in Chris Ballard, you know, from the long-term standpoint, but he also just doesn't go out and make splashes or doesn't go out and just make and be aggressive at times. It's always like, you know, I'm going to save my money to play my guys and not so much I got this money, let me go make something happen. And I think that that's coming back to kind of bite us right now where we could have made splashes in the past couple of off-seasons. He's elected not to do so. And um, that one and three start is disappointing. So that's the two teams that I'll throw out there. Yeah, those are good. I, those are good. I, I mean, I think that probably the second team you're going to mention is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they've disappointed me. They're off to a two and two start. Um, they uh, suffered. They gave the Jets their first win in, uh, in overtime uh, this past yeah. Sunday. Uh, they lost a close one to the Seahawks. Uh, in the previous week, they they just don't look good, man. They 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 they've lost. They're pretty. I think on you know when you think of a team that added Julio Jones and you know alongside AJ Brown, you thought that you know to pair with Derrick Hill, you thought that the Titans would hit the ball rolling, but they it doesn't seem like they quite figured it out yet as far as uh, offensively, uh, defensively they've been short of atrocious. Uh, if you just look at you know the way that they're playing and the way that they're giving up points and. You know how easily they're able to be uh, drove on uh, on the defensive side. Uh, they they don't look good right now. And uh, Coach Fable, I, I have faith in them that they'll get yeah. it together. But they're just off to a slow start so far out the gate. Yeah, I think their main thing is that they do need to get healthy when you have those guys. And, and Julio, this has been something that we've seen for years with him. Yeah. But him being in and out and you have the 
hamstring issue with uh with uh brown aj brown AJ, yeah. and then uh, i'm forgetting the name of like another wide receiver that emerged with this week with a hamstring issue for them as well um so i think part of it i attribute it to health but like you said that defense no matter what's going on that defense is just bad um there's no way around that so they definitely have to outscore teams and i'll ask you this question with that being said do you trust Ryan Tannehill to be able to do that if the defense continues to be, you know, a really bad defense where you're going to have to be in shootouts and you're going to have to outscore teams? Man, I think, I think it's just like you saw, I mean, um, it was that, that Seahawks game where, you know, uh, Derek Henry had 150 yards, two touchdowns, something like that. He yep. just exploded. You just, I think, no, I don't think Tannehill can do it. Uh, you're going to have to heavily rely on King Henry for sure. Mm-hmm. Like in the fourth quarter when those defensive backs are tired and won't even dare when it becomes a business decision whether you're going to tackle him in the open field or not. Uh, most you see are not going to do that. Uh, you kind of take the wrong angle on purpose <laughs> to right, avoid that right, tackle. Right. You know, so um, I, I, I don't think. Highlight. Yeah, I don't think Tannehill is 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 that he's not that quarterback. He's a he's a game manager. He'll take he'll get you some shot plays here and there if they're obvious, you know. Um, but I mean to say he's gonna Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers you or Patrick Mahomes you, no, he's not. Because yeah, I went into this season believing that he can do what was necessary. I just didn't know that the defense was gonna be that bad. So I thought that the defense was right. gonna be solid to where it's like he mm. doesn't have to get in the shootouts, but now seeing how that exactly. defense is, then now you do have to rely more on him. Yeah. And like and, you said, I'm and, not and we've sure. seen that in previous years because uh, their defense was pretty good uh, in previous years when they make it to the conference final, I mean, <laughs> conference final, conference championship. Mm-hmm. And you just would see a, a, a good, de- a stout defense, uh, a heavy dose of Derrick Henry, and Tannehill just was expected to not turn the ball over, uh, to make plays with his legs when necessary. And to hit his throws when 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 called upon, and he was able to do that. But if he's asked to do much more than that, it, you know he's not going to bode well there. But uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, those are my teams that that are disappointing. That um, that it is uh, just wrapping up NFL. You talked about your team, so for all the Saints listeners, we're going to talk about the Saints for a little while. Uh, yep. Not not too long, but you know, I, I think Ramon just honestly just being a fan, I just expected us to have an up and down season. So. This is the first year where I really didn't have expectations for the team. So I'm not really frustrated with them, man. It's we two and two right now. Um, I do wish they would open the playbook up more. Uh, I do think Sean Payton's play calling in his last game was very extremely questionable. Um, his favoritism towards Taysom Hill is becoming a bit uncomfortable for me. Um, I know that Taysom had two touchdowns, um, but Alvin Kamara, you give it about to him 26 times and he don't earn the earn earn the right to at least get, you know, get, you know, a couple of shots at the end zone when you're, when you're inside of the, a 10 yard line, it's kind of disturbing to me when he's the running back, uh, Taysom Hill, you had, you know, ironically the, the most, I guess the, the ironic part of the game or uh, the example of this is when James Wilson throws a four, a 40, 40 plus yard touchdown pass, it got called back because only because Alvin Kamara was lined up wrong. And then the very next play, you take a trick shot play and have Taysom throw it down 40 yards and he throws a pick. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what obsession Peyton has with Taysom. And don't get me wrong, it's not a a Taysom bashing session. Taysom does some good things for us. 
and he is a gadget player. But I, I think a lot of times, sometimes it, it's it's forced. And I think his presence sometimes throw the offense off, especially when you're not going to open up the playbook for Jameis and you're going to, you know, try to protect them from bad decisions. Is either Jameis is our starting quarterback or he's not. Yeah, no, no, I 100% agree with that. That was my biggest takeaway. Like you said, either you're going to trust Jameis or you're not going to trust him. If you said that this is the guy that y'all are going with and this is the guy that you believe in, then you have to be able to open things up. There are going to be some moments probably still here or there that he's not going to make the best decision, that he may throw a pick here or there, but you have to be able to give him that chance, that opportunity. That's the whole reason that even coming into the season, even when we've talked off air and all of that, we were talking about how this offense actually could open up to a degree because now you can actually throw it down the field. Like you talk about the touchdown that got called back. You can actually open that part of it up. So it's like, don't restrict things. Don't play things, you know, close to the best and, and, and try to monitor and almost play him in a way that you don't want him to make a mistake. No, play him as if you have that belief, that trust and that confidence in him and then see what happens. So that's really been my biggest takeaway. I think that so far with everything that y'all have had going on. It's that's still a serviceable start for everything that y'all had going on. Like you said, one game is really a throwaway game. I only really envision the the Lions game that, you know, that just passed or whatever as the one that was really the issue. You know, y'all came out strong, obviously, against Green Bay. That was put close to the most dominant showing of the season of yeah. any team really so far right. in this year. And Night then, day. Right. And so it's just been kind of like this back and forth. Then you, you have the thing with everybody out with Carolina. Then you come back and you dominate New England. And then really in this game against the Giants, that's another game that y'all should have won, won, that y'all had a stranglehold on. And it's one of those things, too, where also you do get a little bit of complacency that settles in. So you got a little complacent and the Giants just kind of walked it down, walked it down. And then all of a sudden, hey, look what you stuck with. So um, like you were saying, it's it's no room to press a panic button or to really trip about what's going on at this point. I think they're operating under no expectations, bro. We I don't expect we don't expect anything. I don't know what to expect. And plus, I think just me being hurt over the years when I did have a high expectation, us going 14 and two or 14 and three, uh 13 and three or whatever, or whatever have you, and then again the playoffs and just wet the bed, it, it you know, I, that that teaches you to be like, I'm just taking one game at a time. Yeah. Uh, we have another favorable matchup with the Redskins, but they their defense is the no Washington slouch. football team. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, you can. Can we edit that out? <laughs> yeah. no, Washington the Washington football, football team. team. They they have another uh, another good matchup there. Uh, they, they're the two point favorites in this game. So um, it's another good matchup. It is a way. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they made up. Uh, on the flip side of that, we got to get some some. We need MT, man. I think MT, his his absence is just showing, bro. Like, we, we don't have any receiver that's capable of getting open besides Deontay Harris. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Marquez which had a great show in the preseason, but now he's showing when he's facing the best corners and, and when, when, he, when there's a game plan for him. He's not your number one guy. So, you know, I think that that's a problem as well. James is struggling to have somebody. He's struggling to find somebody open. I mean, sometimes he's getting the time. You know, he's yeah. he's sitting there waiting on somebody to break open, and yeah. nobody's breaking open. So it's something else we got to figure out. And a partially of it is play calling. I don't know if Sean need to give, the, give up those responsibilities. He is one of the best in history. 
of calling plays. But I think sometimes as a coach, there's nothing wrong with having a fresh perspective. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> hark on the science for, for much longer there. Um, is there anything that we need to cover as we wrap this NFL segment? Last thing I want to say is you see our boy Jamar proving all the haters wrong. Oh, yeah. I tried to say a boy couldn't catch in preseason. But remember, maybe it was push. all part of his plan. Maybe he was right. just playing with – maybe he was just joking <laughs> with people. Like, right. Okay, see the ball. Watch, right. watch this, watch this, watch this. Right, look at him. So I, I just want to send that out to everybody that was doubting him. You know, we already talked. Jamar is that guy, and you able yeah. to see already, he like, guy. he's that guy. Well, the thing is, I think – what you will see is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, their chemistry transferred into the NFL, but I'm not quite sure Jalen Hurts and Deontay, Deontay Smith's Devontae. Devontae Smith's chemistry carried over. But, I mean, that, did they play like that, though? Did They, they had a Deontay, little time. Devontae wasn't the guy yeah, when Jalen was a starter, right? No, nah, he wasn't the guy. Like, they pretty much had more of Devontae's uh freshman year together where he was just kind of coming along yeah. some of that sophomore year but um because Jalen was with Judy right uh so he had he had a little bit of time with Judy but honestly Judy's breakout year was the first year that Tua became the full-time starter over mm-hmm. there so um so yeah Jalen now Jalen I want to say did Jalen have Amari Jay, or no, he had Calvin Ridley. Jalen had yeah, yeah, Calvin Ridley, Ridley, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so they had some time together. But I mean, you know, this past week, like Devontae's been kind of up and down, but this past week he had a good showing or whatever. So yeah, he did. Maybe he, he did. can kind of continue on that wavelength. Yeah, and I think he's proven that he's gonna be a good NFL receiver as long as he stays healthy. But I mean, he did the 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 footwork, the speed, the hands are there. So I I mean he's been very impressive uh coming out of college and you know, so we got a big week five coming up, man. What do you got to say for the fantasy team managers that have started, got out to an 0-4 unlucky start, man? An uh, 0-4 start, uh, it, it's a couple of different things. If you're in a, re- if you're in a redraft league, I hate uh, 0-4. <laughs> 0-4 is tough to shake back from, honestly, in the redraft league, unless you're kind of in, like, our position where we have a bunch of teams that are sitting around that two and two mark where you're only kind of two games outside of it. But if you're sitting there, Oh, and four, I wouldn't say like, you don't panic and just ship everybody out or anything, but you do need to look to make a move. Like you can't just sit there and let the losses pile up. Like you, you need to, <laughs> to make a move. You know, you have a little bit more grace when you sit in that two and two or even maybe one and three, to not press the panic button and to kind of hopefully let your team get healthy if they haven't been healthy. But at 0-4, yeah. I think I would be looking to make a move, especially in a redraft league. Well, man, I've had Christian McCaffrey go down. I in, in the same This is the same league. Christian McCaffrey and A.J. Brown go down. So you, you, you could kind of tell what kind That's of team. Yeah. I am 3-1 and one in that league. Uh, but, I mean, it, you, like you say, I mean, you, you have to, you know – I'm in six different leagues and I find myself in that position in one league, uh, shamefully to say, but I'm transparent on my podcast. I am owing for it is, it's beyond my expectation It's beyond my control. Sometimes you just get a bad matchup every week. You know, the yeah. points are there. I, yeah. if I was to reach off my roster, my roster is good. Yeah. Uh, but you know, of course I'm not going to panic. Uh, uh, I'll keep everyone updated, but the rest of my leagues are good. Three and one 
two and two. You know, I, I'm I'm still competing in all my league other leagues. So same, same here. Uh, I and then I plus have, it's a yeah. long season, Ramon. Yeah. You you yeah you have to understand that too. Even if you're four and zero, I want to talk to the four and zero people. Don't get too happy. Yeah, because uh, I've been in a league where I went twelve and zero, twelve and zero, got in the playoffs, lost lost in the first round. Yeah, heart broke. I'm thinking I'm about to run through this. Thing. Yeah, you know, you never know. You can't get too happy. Just take one game at a time. Don't one get too game. Arrogant. But like one you said, game. always be looking for improvement, though. Always be looking. Never never look at your squad and just be like, okay, I got this. I'm good. Speaking of which, Ramon, why, why we never made a trade? I don't think we've ever made a trade. We did make a trade years ago when you sent oh, me Odell. Oh, yeah, we took Odell. That's why we <laughs> hadn't made a trade. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Thanks for the reminder, Ramon. <laughs> we we me one. out of Odell. <laughs> yes. That's why, that's that led me to a championship that year, too. <laughs> that, that led me to a championship. So that's why I never traded with you. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> so we got a, a switch, switching gears. We got the NBA season right around the corner uh the vaccination protocols have been announced and of course it has not been any drama uh starting off with uh Andrew Wiggins uh he was refusing saying he wasn't going to get vaccinated he applied for a religion uh exemption it was denied so ultimately he ended up getting vaccinated but uh Kyrie of course Kyrie always got to go against the grain uh very seems to be a very intelligent person but if intelligence could be your demise was a person it would be Kyrie right and you know now he finds himself in a position where Brooklyn uh with their mandates and protocols if you're not vaccinated he is disallowing him to practice with his team and it very well may cost him to not be available for at least 40 games right 40 games uh because of because Brooklyn has those protocols in place uh, that you must be vaccinated to enter their premises uh, of Barclays Center. Um, it's so much I can say about it. Um, it, it, it. You know, it's something that I've been keeping my eye off, eye on for a couple weeks. But um, now it's getting serious, man. They, yep. they, they've started preseason. They've started practicing. The season starts in about two weeks. You know, stuff is getting real here, man. And, and um, you know, I thought Kyrie would give in like we talked off air, but you know, it's looking like he's standing strong in his stance and he refused to get vaccinated, man. I mean, what more can you say about this? Yeah, like you said, man, it, it puts them in a very tough space, a uh, very tough spot, because we know that when we look at the league and we'll have another point where we eventually talk about the scope and what we're looking like coming in. But there's really, to me, two really teams that sit at the top of the league, and that's the Nets and that's the Lakers. And honestly, if Kyrie is not in a position that he's going to really be able to play, then that really drops the Nets down. Like the Nets, I don't believe, can win a championship without Kyrie being there. And so uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things, when you look at Kyrie as a person, he also can be a pretty stubborn person. And, you know, we were looking at it from the aspect of, okay, maybe KD can convince him or maybe even James Harden or something, but it's just seeming increasingly difficult that, you know, that he's seeming like he wants to stand firm in it. And honestly, just with not with him, but just with all of them, there's been a lot of kind of ignorance going around the league uh, with that and the way that they've expressed themselves on this vaccination issue. I've never been one that has gotten on and said, you know, who needs to make what decision. But some of the things that they're spewing about the vaccination and almost acting like they're enlightened about things that 
it's like these are common sense things that y'all are saying it's just it's just been crazy to see but this is is going to be interesting to see if Kyrie pretty much will bend. You're looking at the rest of the league where, like you said, Wiggins has made the decision. I think pretty much everybody else is going to get in line, and Kyrie is pretty much the the one that's sitting out there, kind of the lone wolf that you really don't know what to expect from him. We just we've been past seasons not knowing what to expect from Kyrie, yeah. and now with issue this issue, we really don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a situation where Steve Nash was considering moving in practice location so uh, Kyrie would be able to pr- pr- uh, participate. But now it looks like, you know, he's, he's changed his tone with that. It's not fair to the other players. And, you know, I mentioned to you off air, I'm like, if, if Kevin Durant got vaccinated and James Harden got vaccinated, they yeah. must, they're really like, okay, let me make this sacrifice and let me, let's play ball. Like, I, I, I know the end goal here. I want to win a championship. I want to ring. This is what I got to do. Give me the vaccination. Um, I think it's something that Dame said, and, and a lot a plethora of reasons why he's my favorite player, what he does on the court, but off the court. In typical Dame fashion, it's saying, look, you know, it's on it's not my job to convince anybody, but I did it for my family. I love my friends, I love my yeah. family, and I want to protect them, and I'm I'm gonna get the vaccination. Yeah. You know, it's like he said, it, it, you know, I've you know, we've we've getting we've gotten shots. We've taken medications. I had to get a shot to go to college. I had to get a shot to go to high school. And I'm not about to pretend like I know everything that was in that in that shot. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's no different here. So I, I think that, you know, that sentiment is something that I agree with. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's a lot of things. We can't say that we 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 go to the we get sick. We go to the doctor, the doctor prescribe us something. You know, let's not pretend we go through the read the back of the bottle and read everything that's in that medication. We're not doing that. You know? Right. If you if you if you are doing it, I'm not talking to you. Right. But if you aren't, you know, why is it something to where, you know, it's such an issue with the vaccination, especially when all your peers have gotten it and there there hasn't been an issue. So, I mean, I'm going to say here, man, that Kyrie is a phenomenal player. But like I said earlier, you know, sometimes I think he's so smart to where it just makes him that's his weakness as well. Yeah. You know, like, like with the quote you said, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I forgot what the quote yeah, you said. Strength but... overused can become a weakness. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think that he's a victim of that. And, you know, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's unfair to KD. And it, I think that, you know, James Harden was going to resign with Brooklyn, no doubt. And now you hear him saying, Hey, I never experienced free agency before. So, I mean, it seems like it's a cat and mouse game here. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I mean, KD's had Kyrie's back this whole time. But I think the longer this lingers, I feel like it's going to get to a point where KD becomes frustrated with Kyrie. And that's supposed to be his best friend. Yeah. And, and like alluding to that, like you're saying, like how does this impact a locker room over the course of the season? We know one of the biggest things is you having that camaraderie, having that chemistry and all of that. And how does that impact the locker room over the course of the season? Um, it's, it's just it's going to be a big thing. And the thing about it as well, too, it ties Brooklyn's hands in a sense because it's not like they can move Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's, nobody's about to take wanna. him at this point. <laughs> like so you you have pretty much nothing that you can do. Like there's no win in this scenario outside of Kyrie getting vaccinated, you know. Mm-hmm. And like you said, 
this is something that we've all dealt with. I'm sure Kyrie had to take shots before he enrolled at Duke, before he stepped foot on campus. Like you said, we both went to LSU. Before we stepped foot on campus, they made sure we went to our doctor. I don't even remember what I got shots for, but I just knew that <laughs> right. in order to was, go to LSU. a couple of them, yeah. yeah. Of them. I was like, I got to get these shots, and that's what I got to do. Yeah. So, you know, people just uh, freaking out and, and panicking over this stuff. But, you know, it, it, yeah. it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And one thing that disturbed me mentioning – the ignorance that's been spewed all over the, the, the at press conference, but Bradley Bill, I was disappointed in him. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, he, he comes off as a guy I thought was one of those guys that was, you know, I thought well-spoken was always the one that knew what to say, but in this vaccination thing and, and the things that he is saying, it's just not true. You know, just saying, Oh, you know, the vaccination doesn't stop you from getting COVID. Like no one said that it's not true. <laughs> from getting COVID, you know, any vaccination you take does not have a hundred percent, you know, rate of success, but it does, it does better your chances of being protected. And it also saves your life. If you were to contract the virus, you know, with all the millions and millions of dollars that these guys make, and they saying that they need to do their, they need to do their research before they take the vaccination. I could see, you know, it, it just surprises me how ignorant you can be, you have so much money. You have the resources that if you are truly confused about this, that you could go get the answers. But my main thing is when you get to a certain level of stardom or superstardom, you have a platform. You know, even us, we have a platform. We have to watch what we say. Right. You know, and you have a certain responsibility to uphold that type of platform. And you have tons of young guys that are following you, Bradley Bill, and to hang on to your every word. And when they hear you saying ignorance like you were just spewing over your press conference about this vaccination just pure ignorance no scientifically proven anything these are these are your you know opinions that you don't that you don't have back you have sort of a responsibility to educate yourself and then make an educational uh educational decisions now one of the things that i do respect about Kyrie is that in his presser at media day he did stop short of saying why he didn't. He never said why he didn't get the vaccination. I can respect that. He said he don't think he would say is that it's a personal decision. So he's yeah. not trying to spew out all his ignorance that he doesn't know about. He's just saying that, hey, look, this is personal. I don't want to really talk about it. This is my decision. I respect that. Yeah. But for Bradley Bill to get up there like he did at his media day, that was embarrassing. And, and, and like you said, they, they to try to seem like so smart at while they're saying these things that like is obvious what you're saying does not make sense. Even Draymond Green, you know, I know he came out and he spoke and it was kind of in defense of Andrew Wiggins somewhat and pretty much about, you know, he's not going to be too much concerned about that or worried about another man's business in so many different words but he even used the analogy of like you know he wouldn't ask you know uh Andrew Wiggins if he got a polio uh vaccination or whatever and people are saying uh he didn't have to do that because it got eradicated because people got vaccinated years ago like the vaccination (laughs) years ago stopped polio from spreading and being you know in in you know, everything to where people could contract it to the point that now you don't need a vaccination for that. So like you just, you tried to sound smart in the process, but then once again, you reveal it, you don't really know what you're talking about. Like, come on. <laughs> just shut up, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, not, not shut up and dribble, but like, not that, but it's, it's more like a, if you, it's okay to not know. Yeah. It's right. okay to not know. That's all I'm saying. It's okay to not know. But 
I feel like if you don't know and you have a platform like those guys do, you know, you do owe it. You know, they don't feel like they don't owe they feel like they don't owe anybody anything. But I feel like you do owe it when you have millions of followers that are listening to you got kids that can't think for themselves. You got, you know, ball players that's modeling their game after you. You know, you you owe it to just the public to just at least think before you speak as far as when you're speaking on things that's affecting people's lives because people, the truth of the matter is, regardless of how you feel about the vaccination, people are losing their lives. People are getting sick with this virus and people are dying, you know? So it's more of a compassion for the people around you more so than how you feel about anything. So, I mean, when you think about it from their perspective, you know, it points to the fact that Kyrie's being selfish. Yeah. And, and on so and, many levels. Right. And and just one little last kind of note from me on my end of it is just, you know, even prayers out to Cat, like Carl Anthony Towns having right, to sit right. there and deal with all this of these guys that are supposed to be his brothers in the league, that is supposed to be a brotherhood. Yeah. And you know the seat that he sits in with losing his mom and then losing other family members in addition to that to it and you know his feelings on that thing and and the way that things are still being presented and being spewed so man prayers out to car anthony towns uh, while he's you know of course still in this time of grief but like even having to deal with all this you know because i know how difficult that can be yeah yeah man that that's a good that's a good uh sentiment you know andrew wiggins was a former teammate of cat so yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's NBA with, with it, man. I, I, what, what do you think ultimately will happen with this? I, I think I think I don't feel as confident as I did two days ago, but I still feel like Kyrie's going to get vaccinated. But that confidence has dropped a little bit. I, I agree with you. The confidence has dropped because, you know, when we talked offline or off air or whatever, I was pretty confident that, okay, okay, eventually KD will get through to him, maybe James Harden, just as if, you know, for instance, with us being friends, that it's like, okay, if we had some high level that we were doing together, I'm going to hear you out and what you got to say. And that'll probably ultimately, when I say, okay, based upon our friendship and also what we're trying to accomplish, then I can go ahead and do this. But I don't like, know, man. Kyrie Me and Carlos been trying to get you to get an iPhone for the past <laughs> six, seven years. I don't <laughs> I don't hey, know. Hey, <laughs> points, point taken. Touche, huh? point taken. That was a good one right there. That was a good one right No, there. but all jokes aside, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You would think that Katie, you know, with the relationship and the reason why they was get, they all got together was for one goal to win a championship. And I think Katie, Katie's a baller. So Katie, like, okay. I take the stupid shot. I've been taking shots all my life. Let's take the shot and let's win this championship. So now chemistry is being messed up, you know, and I know Katie ain't taking lightly. Katie take his ball seriously. Yeah. He chemistry is being messed up right now with Kyrie not being able to practice. And if you're not able to practice and then now to find out you're going to be missing games, you know, that's a problem, you know, and that's an issue that they're going to have to take. That's why I don't feel like Kyrie can afford not to get vaccinated. I think eventually he'll get into it. Yeah. Um, NBA stories, man. NBA stories. Oh, we skipped over your boy, Urban Meyer. Um, you take it away, man. Let the listeners know what <laughs> Urban Meyer did over the weekend. <laughs> uh, Urban Meyer, uh, lack of a better way to put it, had himself an interesting, a uh, good time uh, over the weekend. <laughs> uh, decided that he wasn't going to fly back with the team or be with the team as as they flew back. And um, ended up stopping being in a place, being kind of 
a bar club type of situation. And there were definitely some videos and pictures circulating of him being with some women that are not obviously his wife and um, doing some questionable things. Not even things. in his age bracket. Right, not even in his age bracket and doing some questionable things, which um, is really not too far off base with what we know about Urban Meyer. This is a guy that has had a, a checkered past and um, many different issues throughout his career in which um, and I'm not going to say that part of what I was about to say, but uh, say uh, well, of which I when don't say stuff, it. <laughs> I'll just say typically when we'll say it off happens, air. Yeah. We'll say it off air because I want to know. Remember uh, what you was going to say. Now I feel like the listener is going to be like, what was he about to say? I'm going to just say it. It's just, it's not harmful too much, but Pretty much whenever this kind of stuff happens, then kind of health concerns come out of nowhere. Or uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, it seems like every time something pops up, then there's a reason why he's finding his way out of there. So yeah. he's had a, a checkered pass and a checkered history, and now this is coming up again. And the owner came out and had some very stern words um, of basically saying he's going to have to re-earn our trust. Like, this is something that we take seriously. It's not something that's taken lightly. And so these are some things that Urban Meyer is going to have to answer to for a while. So, yeah, yeah Urban been yeah. out there doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the video, I, I didn't see it. You, you say, oh, what did he do? It's not harmful. Well, considering he is married, yeah. he does have a family. Yeah. <laughs> considering that you just lost the football game and you you send your team home and you stay back, that's equivalent to you. That That's equivalent to you. Um, that's continue that's equivalent to you at war with your partners or at, at your mates. And while they fight the war, you out having a good time. You know, it, it shows a lack of responsibility. It shows immaturity. Uh, you know, I don't see how a locker room could respect him. Um, I don't, I feel like it's only down from here. If the Jags ever had a chance of winning the football game this season, I think it went down the drain after the, what transpired this weekend with him. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, in Ohio state, you know, when the, I think it was some recruiting infractions Matic may have been yeah, some up recruiting coming situations. Up. He also hired a coach who had a checkered pass, even right. with some racial things and other things. Yeah. And, and he kind of swept yeah. that stuff under the rug, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think, and then he, I think he's, I, I mean, simply put, just cause you're a great college coach don't mean that you're a great NFL coach, you know, um, I'm, you know, even Nick Saban, he had his spell in the NFL, and it's nothing like college. And we know he's the greatest college football coach of, of all time. Back to Urban. You know, I don't think he's fit for this job. You know, I think we, me and Losa was talking even when the when Jags had their second preseason game. We're like, man, this dude, this preseason, this dude looked like he just, like, is upset. Like, he's, he's, he looks in over his head. I mean, he's like, I was like, calm down. You could just see the look on his face on the sideline. You're losing preseason games and you're, you're worried. I think he's in over his head. Yeah. I think that um, I mean it's just, it's it's sad. I mean his, you know I think time and time again you try to give Urban another chance, uh, but it, it just seems like he just keeps, you know, doing this same type of behavior and you know continuously disappointing. Um, I, I don't think he he lasts too much longer as a chess coach. I mean if he don't last past this season, you know I mean there was rumors even two weeks ago that they were saying that he's just not feeling it that. He's um, he's over it. Now, those are rumored reports. But when you see stuff like this, it kind of elates that his head's not there. Yeah. His head's not his, his head's not on being the head football coach of the Jaguars. 
No, I agree 100% with you there. And when you're speaking out of your mouth as if this past loss that you had was you know, like such a, a, a gut-wrenching and a just a, you felt so bad about this loss and it's like y'all got to almost step out of this and redeem yourself, but you don't end up, like you said, traveling with the team. You don't seem connected. I honestly, as you were alluding to, I think that this is one and done for Urban Meyer. I don't believe that going into next season – that he will be the head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that this will be one and, season, and I think and, he'll be done. And I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't finish the season, like you said. He's, yeah. It's not beyond him to do do some foolishness like that, just quit on the team. But yeah. I feel like it, it's sad, Ramon, and I hate to be this guy, but it's so many great you know, minority coaches that are waiting for an opportunity that Urban has right now. And for him to just be able to get the get the job just because of his name and his, and his pedigree, despite his past, he's willing to get a second chance. But you got an Eric Bianami who's not given a chance. Uh, that that's the Chiefs' office coordinator. You got a bunch of great coaches, just to name one. But you got a bunch of great minority coaches that are out there that aren't even given a chance. But you know, to see Urban be able to do what he do and behave the way he behaves. And just because of who he is, he's able to get an opportunity. It kind of gets you to think, you yeah. know, it kind of gets you to thinking if, if, a, if a minority coach had done some behavior like that, you would hear this all over the news. Yeah. You know, it, this would, you would, they would not stop talking about it, you know, literally, yeah. you know, so, you know, it, it's just sad to see, man. And, 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 and poor Trevor and, and poor those guys that's on the team, that's 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 working hard risking their lives and their health and their bodies every day and then they coach not even into it it's just sad to me yeah no i, I agree can't say it any better yeah i hate flip-flopping subjects like that we, <laughs> had to touch, we had to touch on the urban Maya. so uh any any more nba any more nba stories that we didn't talk about uh the only the long-standing saga of ben simmons <laughs> Oh my gosh, man! We devoted that's a, a, that's uh, a whole pod. Man, we devoted uh twenty. If you look back at our catalog, I think it's called "Shoot Your Shot." I think it's called. Yeah, like that. Just look up in our catalog. We got a whole episode where me and Ramon and I think Los was on that one as well. We discussed the disappointment in Ben Simmons. I know me personally, I did, and just how much money he got the big contract, but refused to get his good shot. But man, I like Ben a lot, man. But I even look past the documentary he did when he left LSU and he, how he was smearing LSU and, and colleges uh, all over, you know, like, like they didn't give him an opportunity and exposure that he had, but, you know, I look past that, you know, and then now, you know, just from year after year, this is your fifth year in the league. What fifth year, right? Fourth Something or fifth? Like yeah. Something around there. I think he came out in 2015. Yeah. 2016. I think it was, 2016, because uh, he, he and Brandon Ingram went at 2016 draft. The, so, 2015 was the D'Angelo Russell draft. Yeah. So you've been in the league for five years, and you mean to tell me you hadn't you can't develop a jump shot? Yeah. You know, he probably would be one of the greatest players in the league if he would develop a jump shot because his, uh, his defense is solid. He can yeah. get to the rim at will. He's extremely athletic. He's a great playmaker. Yeah. You know, the only blaring weakness is that he won't even attempt to shoot. You yeah. Know, and – you know, at this point, I mean, just to get into the story, now he's saying refusing to report to the team. He said he's willing to even lose out on money of his contract because he was paid 25 percent of his contract already. So he's not really tripping on the money. Uh, then it was reported that um, Embiid and, and other guys were going to fly out to L.A. and just try to convince him to come back 
And he told him, don't even waste his time. His mind's made up. He wants to be traded. He's not returning back to Philadelphia. I know like you, like me, Ramon, you are a, a good fan of Ben. You respected him and his game. But have you found your respect kind of dwindle a little bit and how this story is playing out? Yeah. Um, so the, the way this story is playing out, I have kind of issues on, on two ends. I do have issues with kind of the way that things are happening and transpiring from Ben's way and being side of it. I do feel that the team, they have been put in a situation where they have Joel Embiid and they have Ben Simmons. And I do honestly feel that they've done the best that they can to make that pairing work. Would things maybe work better if Ben is on a team where he has nothing but shooters surrounding him and he could just make plays with just nothing but shooters? Yes, but at the end of the day, Joel Embiid was there before Ben Simmons. And if you're taking one of the two guys, I'm taking Joel Embiid as the superior talent over Ben Simmons. And so um, I feel that they've done whatever they can do to try to make it work, even with Joel Embiid's playing style before this season. You know, we used to talk all the time about Joel Embiid being even on the perimeter a little bit too much because they were trying to make things work for Ben and trying not to clog up the lane. And so I feel that that Philly has done what they can now do I feel that some of the things that you know may have been said can lead to hurt feelings and different things like that okay yes uh do I feel that Doc Rivers has not been 100% honest in this offseason with some of the things that he said yes you know did he say that basically he doesn't know if they could be a championship team with Ben Simmons as his starting point guard? <laughs> yes. Did he try to come back and act like he didn't say that and the media reframed his words? Yes. Um, <laughs> so there's some things on both ends of it, but at the end of the day, I still don't think that Philly has done being that bad in order for him to be in this place. Can we say that we've seen everything that's transpired behind closed doors? No, but I still feel ultimately that it could have been a workable situation. Yeah, just from my perspective, like you said, we don't we don't have a privy of knowing all of the details behind closed doors. But um, I don't have an issue with anything Philly has done. I don't have an issue with anything Doc has done. Um, you know, we we were a fans of, we were fans of the Lakers, so we we lived through the area of Phil Jackson and the great Phil Jackson coach, who's won what ten, got ten 11. or 11, 11 yeah, of those 11 things, yeah. and we witnessed him coaching through the media. Was it uncomfortable? Of yeah. course it was, but we seen that and, and Doc was trying to motivate him, you know, and I think that Ben has taken it the wrong way. How you get mad at the franchise for telling you to get better after they gave you the bag, trusting that you would get better. Yeah. You got the bag and you still haven't gotten better. You're the same player every year. You look at LeBron in year, what, 18, 19? It's about to be 19 now. 19 years. And LeBron, when he first came in the league, didn't have a jump shot. Now LeBron is a career three-point shooter and can't hit a free throw. <laughs> but that's not the point. He's gotten better throughout the years. As a superstar, you have to evolve your game. Even the great, late, great Kobe Bryant said in the interview that Ben has got to get a shot. Ben is going to regret not getting a shot when you look at what he could have accomplished by him not getting a shot. So I think that Ben needs to get out of his feelings. You know, if nobody's going to say it, I will. Get out your feelings and get better. Get in the gym. You know, get in the gym. You know, Philly wants you. They want you to – all they want you to do is just play good. Yep. You know, and ultimately that should be your good to be – that should be your 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 plight as a player to want to get better every day and be the best player you can be. If you don't want to do that, then you need to retire. Give them yep. your money back. 
Yep. You know, and I think he owes that to that franchise. And I think Philly has been more than patient. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's just you just seeing a different breed of players. You know, when you tell a, a when you tell a, a player of a caliber like like LeBron and all the scrutiny he went through, you know, LeBron works on his game and gets better. Like yeah. you know, Dwayne Wade worked on his game, got better. Dwayne wasn't the best shooter when he come came out the league. He was a slasher. So I, I don't mean I just can't get on board with being with anything that transpired in the media on Philly's side just because all Philly's trying to do is motivate him and get him better. Yeah. They they paid you. So they show that they're committed to you, you know, but, you know, you don't want to get better, man. So, yeah. I mean. Ultimately, it comes down to I feel that Ben really lacks self-awareness and he can't really look in the mirror and say that, hey, I'm coming up short with this. So when he had his issues in college, let's put this all on LSU. It's not I'm going to look in the mirror and say, OK, I had some issues and I contributed to this. Same thing, honestly, with Philly he's not going to really look in the mirror and say what he's really contributed to. And the fact is that this team is a team that could have really been in contention over the last couple of years. If he could hit a jump shot, that just yeah, is what it is. He, and a free throw, at least yeah. a free throw. <laughs> yeah. If he could hit a free throw, he'd be averaging 25 points a game. Yeah. You got to think about it. He was so worried about the free throw line that he passed up a dunk in the playoffs because he was afraid he was going to get fouled. So Sad, at that man. point, that's not on the franchise. Like I said, we don't see everything through cl- that and if behind I see another doors, workout but... video of him knocking down threes and, and jump shots, I'm going to scream. <laughs> I don't want to see that no more. I want to see it in the game. Right. But, yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's bad, bro. And, and I guess the last thing, man, what, what, what does he end up? I guess we got to talk about that. Do you think he ultimately will come back to Philly? Or do you think their relationship is done? Well, and if you do, where do you think he ends up? This is a tough one. I'm going to say I do think that ultimately that relationship is done. Uh, as it relates to where he ends up, that honestly, that's a tough one for me to call right now. Like if I gave you something, I'd be honestly just giving you something random. Uh, I wouldn't be giving you anything. With something. I'd be like, yeah, yeah Minnesota. Uh, oh, Orlando. Yeah, I, I'm in the, I would be I'm in the same random. boat as you, but I'm going to do it just just because – I'll tell you where he would look good and where he would fit it, even without a jump shot, maybe. And that's Golden State. Yeah, I, I think that'll make a lot of sense for him. Uh, he, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I still don't think it'll work unless he get a jump shot. Yeah, in, in this league, <laughs> you, you gotta go. You, gotta you can't operate shot. without a jump shot in this league, even presently. Yeah. You had a better chance in the NBA, you know, of the 90s or maybe even the 80s or something like yeah. that, the way the game was played, the early 2000s. And the way that the league is today, you, you can't survive without having a yeah. jump shot. I don't know. I think any team that trades for him is going to have the same problem he's presenting now because that's one that's one player that the coaches are not going to have to strategize for. They know that they can sag off of him. And then if you do even put him on Golden State, maybe I'm overthinking. I'm thinking more playoffs when you're strategizing. Okay, I'd be like, okay. That's gonna be whoever's going being is gonna is gonna uh, overly help on Steph or overly yeah. help on Clay, yeah. you know. So, I mean, I don't I don't see it. he got it either way around it. New new scenery, new team. You got to get a jump shot. There's no way to avoid it. <laughs> no, I agree with you 100. percent That yeah, 100. Yeah, how fun is Chicago gonna be this year? Fun man, I, I'm I'm gonna be checking them out, man. You know we got our boy Lonzo and then Caruso yeah. over there now, but just knowing how and that's another one, Lonzo. Look, look at his transition and how he's gotten better. All the scrutiny he got over 
uh just a, a bad release, bad jump shot, yeah. and he's gotten it together. Like, yeah, bro, it's just a part of it, bro. He it's just a part of it. Being arrogant, man. He's an arrogant dude, bro. He he don't say much, but when he do speak, you hear that arrogance. Yeah, you like okay. I know, I know who you are. <laughs> I know. Yeah, who you are. right, right. <laughs> Like he's one of those guys. You're like he's really quiet, and then he talks, and you're like, "Oh, I see why." Right, right. <laughs> like, I wish it would have stayed that way. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. But yeah, man, Chicago, man. They, I, I'm gonna be checking them out, man. I, I think the only thing that's gonna hold them back is Billy Donovan. But who knows? Maybe he can. Maybe he can get it. Get it together. He's another Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, but they, I mean, when you think about what Lonzo is going to do for them, what Lonzo is going to do in the open court for Levine with still the the level of athleticism that DeMar DeRozan has and now with him not having to put a team on his back and we don't even talk about Vucevic that much. Like, yeah. they they got a squad yeah. working. In, and yeah. you know how yeah. high we are also on Alex Caruso. And what people are going to see <laughs> is that this is not just a Lakers thing, that Alex yeah. Caruso is actually a good player. Yeah, like, he's a good player. That. He's a good player. I mean, he, he's a good role player. Yeah, he's a good role player. player. That's yeah, what he's supposed to be. Yeah, Because, I mean, I mean, I look at times, I, he frustrated me when LeBron and AD was out. I was expecting him to step up. Give us twenty. <laughs> well, nah, he can't. He's not gonna be that for you, man. He's not nah, gonna be that. But a, he's a guy be, that's just a smart. His IQ is off the charts. He can yeah. play with anybody. He's gonna play well defensively. His only thing that he does lack, uh, really, is his shooting. And um, yeah. you would expect when you look at him that he him and Ben need to lock themselves in a the gym. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and do shooting drills all day long. Yeah, until season start. But nah, um, yeah, Alex is gonna be a good good piece for him, and I think that uh, he he's gonna be a fan favorite. I think he's gonna be a fan favorite wherever he goes. Chicago's gonna fall in love with him. I mean, isn't he just the epitome of what you want as a Chicago player? Blue collar, hard worker, willing to do the dirty work. Uh, everything that he does may not come up on the stat sheet, but it's very important. That's the type of player he is. So I was hate to see. I hated to see him go. I mean, yeah. Uh, Rob Palenka said that he. He all they they offered him, but they what they they made it hard for him to leave or something. Yeah, you they, know that's yeah. GM speak though. They gonna always yeah. say that the yeah. stuff that I we really tried to keep him. You know, uh, man, I ain't trying to keep him, bro. I could have let that man. At least he got a at least he got yeah. a chip. He you got know, a chip he, and he went and got the bag. So I, I yeah. I'm and I'm good with what we've done too. So it's it's all good. Yeah, it's what under the bridge, man. Yeah, it's what. I'm but doing. man, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. We I think we uh, did time well spent. Uh, we appreciate you if you hung around this long to listen to us. Uh, again, you can subscribe to us on Pinated Benchwarmers on Google Play, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. Just make sure you're subscribed. If you haven't done so yet, leave a review. Um, if you don't want to leave a review, then just leave a state. If you don't want to leave a statement, at least hit a five-star or whatever. Let us know how you feel about it. Uh, Ramon, you got something for us. Yeah, last little thing I want to say before we go off air is that uh, I want to give a shout-out to my dad, Ronald Hardy Sr., who has just released a book, uh, within the past week and um, it's a book that's out on the various platforms you can find it on Amazon the name of it is the unexpected journey and uh, the root of the book is really of course that we as a family of course have gone through a grief journey but it talks about his personal grief journey with the loss of my mom and how he was able to 
push forward and transition and propel to the place that he is right now. And so um, it's a book that can help you if you've dealt with any grief, if you know a loved one that's, you know, dealing with grief and, you know, maybe not even just the loss of a person. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the loss of just anything that this can help you uh, to find kind of the recipe or the tools to really be able to propel forward and push through grief. Grief is something that you have to acknowledge. It isn't something that you can sweep under the rug. It is something that you have to confront, but this will give you the tools for that. So as I mentioned, the name of the book is The Unexpected Journey. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, His name is Ronald Hardy Sr. So if you search The Unexpected Journey and you search Ronald Hardy Sr., you should be able to find the book and you can either get a digital copy or if you decide to elect to get a, a hard copy, a paperback, then you could also get that as well. So I, I wanted to send that shout out uh, on the book. Shout out to my pops. Definitely proud of you for what you've done. Oh, yeah, definitely. Shout out to Mr. Hardy for that accomplishment. Great piece of work. Uh, I was privileged to be, you know, to participate in, you know, giving a review and and be able to get an early copy and, you know, check it out. And uh, it, it's definitely, if you've been through something as tough as losing a loved one, you definitely want to check that out. Uh, it definitely was helpful to me with me losing two loved ones this past year. And I know it'll be helpful to you. So make sure that you go ahead and get that thing on Amazon and make sure you leave a review on that too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, right, yeah. Leave right. a review and let, you, let let people know how much you've enjoyed it. Again, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us for money. Uh, we're going to head on out of here. Uh, until next time, we hope that you have a, a good luck on your fantasy teams in week five for all you 0-4 teams. I am with you. We're going <laughs> to get through this together, and we're going to come out on top. Uh, we, <laughs> me and Ramon, we're going to head on out. All right. Later, man. Later.